there, it's your old pal, Cowboy Kevin. Thanks for checking out this very special bonus episode of the Out of Chair podcast, and it's so fucking good that Billy Keeble is back with us, myself and Billy, looking at Triple H and Steph, renewing their wedding vows. Do not forget the results of our last vote have come in, and Adam and I will be bringing you the WWA, the next installment in that saga, will be coming into your ears very soon. But I just wanted to announce today, if you've not done so already, please check out our new channel Podcrabs, where there's going to be a variety of new podcast content dropping. Series such as Kevin Underground, where I review all of Raw Underground, and It's Raw, a new review podcast where Adam, Joe, and myself look back at all of Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares episode. One of that is available now. There'll be loads of one-off podcasts, limited series, and new shows which will be debuting on Podcrabs. If you want to have a little something extra in your podcast content, search Podcrabs wherever you get your podcasts, and I'm very delighted, excited even, to announce to you that the Attitude podcast is now available on Spotify. So do with that information what you will. For now, here's me and Billy going to review an episode, a wedding episode, of Monday Night Raw. Welcome to the Attitude Era podcast. Stuff and Things bonus love edition. I'm joined, can you believe it, by the baddest man on the planet, Mr. Billy Keeble. How are you doing today, good sir? I'm doing very well. I, I have been out today um, and I didn't take a coat and I got rained on, so I'm still moist from a shot. <laughs> I mean, it's always good to go into a podcast with a little, a little bit of moisture. You know, and then you know later on you can wick that moisture away and go into turbo drive for proper main event podcasting. It also adds to the danger because you know I've got a wet chest. I could get you know tuberculosis or something. You know, <laughs> well, <laughs> you need a bit of danger in your podcasting. I'm glad Billy. Really it's taken us 30 seconds for me to realise why I miss having you on so much. <laughs> it's it's been a time, Billy, and uh, much like Vader in 1997, you and I have been locked down and detained. I believe yeah. because uh, we grabbed a morning talk show host by the scruff of the neck. How did that go down for you? Um, it went oh, uh, it went quite well until he coughed on me, and then that's <laughs> where the slap came in. I wasn't I wasn't standing for that. <laughs> and then you're there with like your your slideshows. You go, is that fake? It's called the COVID-19 virus. He's that fucking fake. And Undertaker was just in the background. His eyes were closed. He had a mask on. He couldn't yeah. tell. He was muttering to himself, you know. How Something is about it- Blue Lives Matter, you know. It's the usual take of things. So, is that why he had those blue lights during his scary entrance all those years, yeah. Billy? <laughs> <laughs> and I was wondering... How's it been for you? You've got a fucking mighty mane of Bowser wedding hair going on for you right now. How's lockdown been? It has been fine for the most part. Um, yeah. No complaints, really. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's been okay for me. I've not had any sort of... I, I did have to do a COVID test at one oh. point, and that, that was not pleasant because someone in my office had it, but that came back negative, so... So what do you actually have to do with, with, with that? Because, you know, a lot of people at home kind of thinking like... Oh, you know, they say they learn how to take a COVID-19 test and like, it ain't ballet, folks, you know, talk talk us through that. So I had to order a little, I got like a little test tube with like a big long cotton swab in it. 
I had to I wouldn't I couldn't do the first bit by myself because I've got a terrible gag reflex so Alex had to do it for me so Alex sorry had- wait hang on <laughs> because you have a terrible gag reflex someone else doing it to you is somehow better <laughs> yeah because I, I like if anything goes in my mouth like it could like and it touches anywhere like past like the middle part of my tongue I'll I'll start heaving right so I had to open my mouth get low to gap to Alex's height so she could uh, swab my tonsils uh, oh, for about Jesus. 15 seconds whilst I was going <laughs> 15 seconds 15 seconds rubbing that and then I had to take the swab out then using the same swab that's been rubbing the back of my throat I had to jam that up my nose until oh, it couldn't it, until it couldn't go any further it says on it do it until it hurts and then you just have to twizzle it round for another 15 seconds put it back in the test tube, seal it all up, then post it back. Yikes. That sounds like a fucking ordeal. Like, is, Jesus. Yeah. And I thought I'd do 1997 wrestling with you was like an ordeal in its own right, you know, but but that seems like even more so. Here's a question for you. As we've had, you know, a bit of a, a deferment of sorts with our season as it's going on, we were just about to get onto Survivor Series 1997. What, if any, has your wrestling diet been? Lockdown. Have I watched any wrestling? I don't think I have. There's been such great stuff on offer, though. Yeah, but again, like you, I watched WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, well, the match, the matches of that you had to watch WrestleMania. So I'm talking the the Boneyard match, and I'm talking the, the 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 Fiend match. I tried to watch like the Drew Galloway match, but no audience. I can't. I can't do it. What is it about an audience that is so important for wrestling that we haven't managed to put the finger on in the last five months, I wonder? I don't... I think they just need sound. You can't just have the commentary. (laughs) Yeah. Because the commentary is, like, insipid already. But having that as the only audio, apart from grunting and the occasional slam on the mat... It just it's it's I I found it really difficult. It's got mm. a little bit better since we've got everyone you know behind plexiglass now. Yeah, I think AEW has has done a bit better as well. They have a better space, I think. You know, yeah. they've got some. Of the, I like they have their actual like wrestlers, you know, all gimmicked up in the audience and stuff like that. I think that's that's a pretty cool idea. But of course, where we're coming to now, we're recording this right mid August in 2020, and this is just about when they're going to figure this whole business out. Did you hear what Vince McMahon is doing? with the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida, Billy. I have not. So he's gotten a lease for this old building, this big old building, the Amway Center, which is technically meant to be closed down because of the pandemic. But Vince has got it, and he's going to fill the stands with giant LED boards that will have live streams of fans in attendance. Oh, dear. And I I don't know why, but I just have this image in my head of Vince McMahon, Stephanie, and Triple H driving up to the Amway Center while the music from The Shining plays, and he convinces them it's a great idea. Hide like a WWE pay-per-view. Well, of course, sir. There are plenty (laughs) of those on offer here. But of course, you know what you must do first. What's that? You must kill all anticipation for wrestling (laughs) events. I can't do that. Well, then, there'll be no more WWE then, Mr. McMahon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't remember what what sport it was or where it was, but they were having putting cuddly toys and cardboard cutouts (laughs) in the audience. I I can't remember. It It might have been baseball in Japan. And That's like, brilliant! People, and people could pay to have a specific character 
put into the audience. <gasps> That's but then a great people idea. People started trolling, so you had like Saddam Hussein watching the baseball. Oh, so, no, we should have pulled the A podcast resources and get that little baby Stone Cold Steve Austin doll <laughs> in the stands <laughs> there for us. Well, we've got a very special edition of Monday Night Raw to come at you today. And before you ask, why in God's name are we doing this? I'll defer to the baddest man on the podcast because uh, you're the one who suggested this. And I just said yes straight away. I just thought it was a great idea without even thinking. Well, I thought it's, it's been a long time since we've done a Raw episode. I think the last one we did was Raw 1000 back in season two. Yes, yes, we didn't. That's true. We didn't do any Raws during season three. We uh, we did a, a tag team of Raw episodes, but I think that was kind of oh, because yes, of the invasion storyline. Yes. Yeah, that was still yes, main feed though. Yeah, um, and then I just thought, whenever we do tend to do Raw, we tend to do weddings. There's been a lot, isn't there? What is yeah, that? Because so we did Daniel Bryan and AJ. We did test and Stephanie slash Stephanie and Hunter. Yeah, thought, that, that episode, which basically the crux of it is me going, I actually like that incredibly problematic storyline yes. about sexual assault. And it's like, really, Kevin? Why? Hello and welcome to the Attitude <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> and, and then, um, but then I thought maybe we should do another wedding. Obviously, mm-hmm. the, the the other big wedding I could think of was Billy and Chuck, but that's SmackDown, so I don't uh, want to step on Adam's toes. Uh, that's um, all right. I, I thought you'd come for like one of the from your generation, one of the true golden ones, like Theodore Long and uh, Crystal Marshall or something like that. Or old Goldust and oh, Axana and Axana and XT. <laughs> but so I thought, well. What, we we haven't heard from Hunter and Stephanie for a while, for a while since season one. Yeah. So so what are those crazy kids got up to in the in the, the two and a bit years that they've been married? And they, here we have it. They, they're renewing their vows. This is amazing. This is an episode of Raw that contains in its main event a lengthy wedding segment and matches during which you could probably get a few COVID-19 tests done there so short. This is a fucking bananas, ballsed-up episode of Monday Night Raw. Stephanie McMahon, Helmsley, and Triple H cordially invite you to attend the renewal of their wedding vows tonight on WWF Raw. There is only one way to prove our love for each other. In the WWF, there is one storybook wedding, and in true storybook fashion, Stephanie McMahon, Helmsley, and Triple H will renew their wedding vows live tonight on WWF Raw. Now, I was very, 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 very surprised that the music was still the classic, like, Attitude Era, you know, know, raw, thorn-in-my-eye music. I thought we would have been onto some class of Nickelback across the nation business by now. Let's start a riot. Oh, Did they make that the theme for Raw? No. Or how about the Anthrax Public Enemy crossover that was in all those SmackDown oh, yeah. vs. Raw games? Hey, speaking of those SmackDown vs. Raw games, that's a great thing we could do for the audience. We could put in, you know, when, when you and Adam were playing, there were some great, great audience animations in there. Like those yeah. guys are, those guys are lively. Yeah, they, that's what that's what Vince should do. They should just call up THQ, say, can we have all of those pre-rendered? cardboard cut out animations and can we just like superimpose them in there 
I mean, that's a really good idea. They'll probably think it's an even better idea after SummerSlam and it cuts to some guy with you know who's written Chris Benoit for the Hall of Fame yeah. and he's he's masturbating going, Somebody stop me <laughs> You know, something like that is liable to happen very soon. Well, it's time for some love and wine because wedding bells are in the air. The graphic that they show us at the start. Oh the, it was very much Bash at the Beach two thousand. They they yes. accordingly invite you to the renewal of the vows of Hunter and Stephanie. This is basically what happens when Clippy is the officiator yeah. at your, your wedding. It looks like you're about to solemnly swear your love forever. Would you like a graphic? Most of the shots in this, and this is kind of what I loved most about it, is this whole storyline is it were taking place a couple of months after where we finished in season three. Yeah. Triple H, he was gone all this time. He's coming back. And just before he'd come back you know, with his quad injury, Stephanie had reemerged, kind of going, I know that I was fired and you know, kicked out, but my husband's coming back. And the idea that Stephanie is a heel and Triple H is a face and she's trying to like use the wedding and also a pregnancy plot to kind yeah. of basically get Triple H on her side. I love the idea that 2002 Evil Stephanie fills her her video package here with all the shots of her at her wedding with Test. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking weird. <laughs> we also have something ominous that's coming our way this Sunday, Billy, at No Way Out. Yeah, the New World Order are coming. You worried about this uh, rogue faction of pirates who are coming into the WWE? Well, I, d- I don't really know because I, I I didn't watch it this time, so I have no idea how this goes. The only the only thing I have seen from around this time is Hogan versus Rocket WrestleMania 18. Okay. I believe you've shown it to me before. But that's all I sort of know from 2002. So it's a very, very odd time because obviously... You know, we would have finished our season three. It would have been end of November 2001. And we're here three months later. And it's almost an unrecognizable show, theme notwithstanding. But you've got all the old WCW lads whose Time Warner contracts were being paid off finally. Yeah. And you've now got negotiations for people like Goldberg and Scott Steiner to come in. But the likes of Hall, Nash and Hogan are all coming in together. They did it that Ric Flair and Vince McMahon are co-owners. And Vince yeah. McMahon can't be partners with the consortium so therefore he wants to bring in the nwo to kill his creation have you seen the vince mcmahon in the chair like i'm gonna kill it yes that's leading up to this right which is kind of odd because that's not really the vince we get tonight is it no we we get a very sort of sedate vince tonight (laughs) this is what happens when you've got two different storylines yeah they're like require the same person to play completely different roles do you think we're having the nwo come in at no way out because the initials of no way out are nwo i mean i'm almost 100 percent sure yes yeah i mean i'm not going to say you should rush one of the biggest storylines of all time because of an acronym but it's a pretty mm. good reason <laughs> it's also like in that package for the nwo you do get a very sort of relaxed I don't know who it is. I don't know if it is Vince being all relaxed. It's going Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's, it's very like <laughs> it's very sedate in the background. It's like a sailing carpet ride or something like that. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The New World Order are coming and slashing all prices on linoleum and tiled yeah. floors. The NWO will take no prisoners. It reminded me of I think it's King of the Hill when there's an advert. It was a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 
and Monday. <laughs> I mean, it'd be funny if they just show, like if the NWO's gimmick was that they only showed up for for No Way Out every year, and then <laughs> said, like, "I'm on that sweet new deal. I got to show up one night a year. I'm still gonna do it fucked up, brother." <laughs> now you start off, you know, we've got obviously a big, got big, big, big wedding angle we got a big moment obviously come with the nwo on the horizon jim ross welcomes us to raw thank you everyone for welcoming us into your homes tonight for monday night raw and tonight in a bikini contest a bikini match if you will tory wilson and stacy keeper you put them on the fucking marquee yeah so could you actually hear the commentary it was a bit i mean i know it's oftentimes when i go into this period in particular on the network, the audio balance is a bit off. Well, how about you? For like the first 20 minutes of this episode of Raw, the commentary was so quiet, I have no idea what was said during like the first 20 minutes. I've written down when it does actually, I can actually hear it for the first time. It's during the first match. So all, all the way up until the first match, I had no idea what was going on. So you weren't even hyped for the bikini match, Billy. No. You, didn't even, you didn't even know what was I coming on. Was, I didn't know it was coming. This is see. This is people wonder how WWE lost their way after the Attitude Era. It's 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 slapdash shit like this. You think if they were going against Nitro, they let you forget their big match that's coming up later? Absolutely not. But it, it made me think that the reason why the audio was so quiet is because like King and Jr. just going Chris Benoit Hall of Fame repeatedly yeah. for twenty minutes. <laughs> the so Hall we'll, we'll of Fame them career of Chris Benoit. <laughs> so they just turned them all down, and then after twenty minutes, they stopped talking about Chris Benoit, and then you know. Know, then we have the audio back but I you know, really couldn't hear anything you know what it might have been Billy it might have been that they were had been hushed voices because they wanted to put some spec in their name when they yeah. were talking about who's starting the raw off it's only big evil bugger red big jumper himself knitted wares incorporated rolling into the tattoo convention with his opinions he had like real uncle energy I thought <laughs> Like, not dad energy, it's uncle energy. Like, this this taker here. Like, real shit heel uncle. He he reminded me of someone who'd be at a car boot sale and he would have a secret other bit that he was selling either behind the van or in the van. Yeah. But the, the wares they were out on display front and centre were not the sum total of what was on offer yeah, today for it, the merchants. His, his ceramic wizards are all there. <laughs> But then in, in the van, you know, that's where, you know, you've got the powdered ceramics, if you get what I mean. <laughs> JR made a reference here about The Undertaker, which I could say about my brunch that I just had. He said, with The Undertaker, it's all about speck. And for me, you've eaten a lot of German bacon just now. It was all about speck as well, Ooh, Billy. very nice. It was funny, before I sat down, because, you know, it's been a while since you and I, just you and I, like, and yeah. this is the first time you and I have ever distance recorded. And thank you so much to Adam for facilitating the technology of us doing this. And and Joe turned to me and said, is it going to be weird for you doing a recording at this time of day? Because we're doing it on Sunday after brunch. And I'm like, no, of course not. Because very often, if not every time we record... All, all, the, all the tough enough episodes are all recorded post-Sunday brunch, for yeah. those of you who are wondering. So to get in the right mindset, Billy, I made brunch for four people and edit all myself right now. Nice. So are, you, is, are you wearing pyjamas? I am wearing Zubas, Billy. Oh. No less than. A, and I will say right now, Zubas, I believe, are actually going out of business. Oh, no. And and I've, I'm not one to endorse panic buying, but when the lockdown happened and I heard that, I bought three pairs. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but you've got so you need, there's something extra to wipe your ass with when that goal goes again. Exactly. I love Billy. If I've got all these fanny packs lying around, nothing to pair him with. So yeah, you know. No. Undertaker is not the man you're used to on the stick here tonight, Bill. Yeah, he's rocking the heel. He's, he's fucking sassy here. Yeah. Undertaker going, finally, the Undertaker is back in Albonio going school. He doesn't like the audience, Billy, because yeah, they're hillabillies. Yeah, there's like a real like delightful irony to the Undertaker calling the crowd backwards and hillbillies. Because like, <laughs> that is him. I bet all you grill with charcoal as well. <laughs> <laughs> so on SmackDown... Maven beat The Undertaker for the Hardcore Championship, which, like, just... That filled me with energy for the whole yeah. episode. That, I mean, that's pure, you know? Obviously, I mean, he, he shouldn't be so upset because the Hardcore title in 2002 is surely some sort of poison chalice. Yeah, I mean, I think it is literally poison. It's so old and smelly at this point. Now, Undertaker, at this point, career veteran. He's 12 years in the WWE alone, nearly 20-year career overall. He's done it all, you know? He's, he's done everything, except do this one thing that all top heels have to do in WWE in this time period, which is to narrate footage from a previous episode of television, which I can never imagine, like, cast your eyes to the screen to see the sacrifice from last Thursday's SmackDown. Now, here he's like, well, what I'm going to do is show you. Don't show that footage. I'm a leave. You can see in the footage there now. Please, someone cut his fucking microphone. <laughs> he doesn't know if the footage is for him or again him. Like He's upset because he hasn't been getting any respect from The Rock. Yeah, and he's got a hell of a quote here. It's one thing not giving me the respect I deserve. It's another thing entirely to disrespect me. <laughs> What is the what is the difference? I there is no difference. Like I always thought the the gimmick with Undertaker is man is is an idiot and just talks about respect and is really stupid. Like, I, I love how all over the place he is here with this. He's so uncomfortable. I don't think I I don't think I've ever seen Taker that uncomfortable apart from when he tried to take the hood off. <laughs> I mean, he's. He's he's putting himself out there though, Billy. You know, yeah, he's doing the, something different. It is. This is like when Madonna grabbed that acoustic guitar and said, "I'm gonna fucking show a new side of me." You know, that's what Taker's doing here. They can't they can't all be die another day, right? No. Speaking of die another day, Adam, you can edit this out. I listened to your cinema sw- a swill on it. Oh yeah. Um, I legitimately bought Madonna's album off the back of that song because I I liked Die Another Day so much. Amazing. I bought, I bought the American Life album at like wow. age thirteen. American Life, fucking hell. And I um I was like I was saying to Alex, oh no, like that's uh, that that song's not as bad as Kevin and uh, Kevin uh, and Sam are saying it can't be. So I listened to it. And I was like, oh no, but American <laughs> Life is still good, right? Uh, no, no, Hollywood. The, Hollywood's still good, isn't it? <laughs> what, what a poisonous album! <laughs> I had to leave all of that in. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bit confused here in my notes because I wrote down Goozle Plus Tombstone, but I thought it was Goozle Plus, which is like the worst social media ever. Like, <laughs> yo, Joey Numbers, I got you a special invite to Goozle Plus. Not many people know about it. There's Soup Bones Live as well. 
Oh man, I tell you now, Goozle Glass. That that's where we're going. Goozle Glass, yeah. That's the future right there. That's what that's what Taz wears. Then big shades is what it is. <laughs> Jr. Oh, you mentioned soup bones. Jr. Actually said soup bones, and he does. Re- yeah, he says soup bones. He says the soup bones were bad enough. I thought that was a Tazism. Yeah, it feels weird coming out of uh, coming out of Jr.'s mouth. Is is this like a receipt for when Taz went? It's a slabberknuckle. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> then the first of several tonight. Undertaker does an Aretha Franklin bit. I did not notice this. Yeah. Uh, is it, oh no, he spells out respect, doesn't he? he goes, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. You find out what it means to me. Oh, it's so shit. But don't worry, Undertaker ain't going to be able to talk mess for long. Woo! Look who it is. It's Rick Bischoff with his leather jacket and polo neck. He properly looks like Bob-infused Leland Palmer here. Like, (laughs) proper looking like Eric Bischoff here. It's really weird. I am beyond fascinated about this era of Ric Flair. Because we did did Ric Flair for How To Wrestling recently and, like, Joe was so obsessed with middle-aged Ric Flair because he's got mm. this like real-life sadness, but it's not like not like now where you kind of see there's a sadness in Rick that's just like kind of like limitless, and it really kind of if you think about it too much, it's quite distressing because of you know what not has happened to him. But here, Rick's sad because about his wrestling career has kind of run mm. its course. He feels, and it's it's nice seeing Rick here being a little bit sad, having a little bit of a fire because you know, in a couple of months' time, he'll be back on top of the world wrestling yeah. Undertaker and Triple H. It's um, it's weird. I know it's eighteen years ago, but it's Fucking crazy. Hell. It's crazy what those eighteen years have made like Rick's face look like. And I know he's an older guy anyway. And like when you get older, you you know your age shows quicker. But I mean, it's Rick, just... Rick's had several facelifts. I mean, yeah. un- unquestionably, but and, he and looks, all that. He he looks so young and healthy here. It's crazy. Yeah, even though this is meant to be like, you know, mentally speaking, Rick would say yeah. this is one of his, his low points that he felt that he didn't, shouldn't be in the company. You know, when he, he wrestles Undertaker the following month and he was like very kind of like, this is a bit weird, you're making me do this. I don't think, you know, I, I deserve to wrestle someone like The Undertaker. And I will say, <laughs> Rick Flair, <laughs> Rick Flair going right up to The Undertaker and saying, Undertaker, this shit with respect has got to Stop! You're losing your mind! And all of us, we respect you, and we have all now lost respect for you! What are you talking about? What is this? It's meant to just be about respect, which I think is the most default, easy fucking storyline. And Rick and Undertaker are very confused about it. Yeah, I really don't know what what Rick's trying to get, what what Rick's point is. I mean, he's he's initially mad because he gave Rock a concussion and a potential neck injury. Oh. And he's saying that, that, you know, I respect you. The guys in the back respect you. The crowd here respects you. And the crowd just go, boo. <laughs> so fucking... Like, the Undertaker is told in this one promo, like, at least three times that he's both respected unanimously, respected by only some, and then not respected by anyone, and mm. also having at one point had everyone's respect, but now having lost everyone's respect. No wonder The Undertaker's angry and confused. Yeah. He doesn't he, know if he's respect or not. Yeah, he just thinks he's Rodney Dangerfield. He getting no respect, you know what I mean? <laughs> For instance, my wife. 
Someone please help me divorce my wife. <laughs> Rick books Undertaker in a hot main event, which was so throwaway, knowing that it wouldn't be in the main event because we got a wedding later on. We yeah. got we got some big news for later on tonight, Bill. But it's not even it's not even the final match. But Taker's no. gonna fight Stone Cold. Stone Cold and the Undertaker. Yeah. On Raw. And Rick says it's going to be which I believe is one-on-one. So we have Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on The Undertaker, both men slightly past the best years in our non-main event, but hopefully it'll keep you around for the second hour. Coming up later on Thunder. (laughs) The NWO is plugged. The end is here. The end is here. I mean, the end of the NWO is a viable thing is here. Absolutely. Like, you didn't realize, I'm going to take this intellectual property and I'm going to kill it. I'm going to make every 17-year-old wearing an NWO shirt feel so weird. They're going to feel so goddamn weird. (laughs) Using the end is here to advertise a debut is really weird as well. Yeah, right? (laughs) I mean, come on. I mean, I know Hogan's not got many left in him and Scott Hall's seen better days, but I mean, come on. Like, (laughs) they'll be all right. Vince McMahon turning going, I'll regret this. And me going, oh, I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we we get the the tailored tape graphic for Austin and uh, Taker. And Taker looks so much like Albert in this picture. I swear to God, it is not Mark Calloway in that animated GIF. I mean, I, Albert's pretty much him. He got a big push in season three at the start. They had impressed Slam and Kane and winning the Intercontinental title. And he just disappeared. I wonder it's because Taker's like, come on, more, I'm going to take that. I am the E-Train now, boy. <laughs> which, which WrestleMania is it that he, he fights Taker with Big Show? Is it's it this nine, WrestleMania? It's, it's 19, so it's not 19, this. So it'll be a year and a month, basically. Yeah. you got to wait for, for Nathan Jones to have that run yeah. in WWE and get, <laughs> get ready, you know, get, get set for WrestleMania 19. First of many, many throwaway matches. And there's, you know, very often you kind of, you can spend time on a podcast talking about things that are going to be detrimental, you think, in the long term. And you can say that with the benefit of hindsight when it's a classic review podcast, which yeah. is fun. And I remember we talked a lot about, and they were talking a lot, WWE, about the fact there were so many titles now and how little it was going to mean and how worried your Mick Foley, the commissioner, was about Test having two belts and shit like that. And not much more says it than the opening contest is a quick little throwaway squash match with the undisputed champion yeah WWF and WCW world champion Chris Jericho having a little tune-up match against Edge who was in Survivor Series the hottest up-and-coming face and comes out to silence what was that they don't like Canadians in Arkansas I mean I don't want to be the one to be like Arkansas they don't go there often so obviously it's a terrible town Mm. but fucking hell they weren't having no love for Rob Zombie tonight no not at all but I did enjoy seeing Y2J with his Y2 belts. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks good with them. He's a larger than life living legend and all that. We get some recaps of Egg, who is feuding with my absolute favorite iteration of him at the moment, William Regal with the brass knucks. Oh, big evil. <laughs> I like him hitting Edge in his soft, yoky tummy and making all the red sauce come out because I like yeah. to put hot sauce in my eggs now. So I was like, yeah, awesome. Is, is Regal working with the Dudleys or is it just, that was just a, a matter of circumstance on that Raw? They did a thing right after the Survivor Series where 
Vince hired back the you know we did on our Raw Survivor yeah. Series Vince said he hired back the champions so you got Christian Dudley's test was there because of immunity Regal was a champion and they did a thing where like all the old Alliance guys just kind of like hung around together just to be kind of like baddies and stuff like that yeah. but within a month or two everyone from fucking Lance Storm to Sean Stasiak was back on TV so like what's so interesting about this is that it's so close to where we left off and it's so like kind of back to normal in a way that yeah. makes you feel annoyed for having invested any time in this year-long invasion bollocks yeah no it is, uh, it is weird because it is I mean when what month was that Survivor Series and, and, and uh, uh, November November so this is three months away and it, it feels like that's a thing of the past obviously I've not watched anything between then and now but it doesn't, this doesn't feel, feel like... like the Wrestlemania after the, the invasion because this is the go home no. and no way out you're, you're, you're running they're just running towards something new and shiny which is the NWO yeah. it, 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 they have a palpable sense that they're a little bit ashamed of what's happened in the last nine months here yeah. you know more so than the fact that the two world titles are kind of just been squeezed in here to the opening contest and Edge has got like really injured ribs because Chris Jericho is ref- not allowed to have any sort of a threat level whatsoever he's not allowed to be a threat yeah no. he's a placeholder for Triple H isn't he <laughs> fucking the chat on commentary. Jericho is meant to be the big evil heel who beat Rock and Austin the same night and ruined all of our dreams and took the belts for himself. JR, when Jericho's in the ring, this, uh, this young man, this kid, you know, he's got a lot to prove. He's 32! And he's the undisputed champion. He's got nothing to prove. All right, can, do I get to be called kid? I'm 32. Do I get, <laughs> do I get that moniker? fucking kid what's this bullshit <laughs> if he's kid now what's he going to be like if he's going to be re- if he's kid now what does it make triple h and kane and saudi arabia yeah. grown men i don't know <laughs> loads of child commentary about jericho's opponent on sunday stone cold steve austin tune in to see him definitely win yeah egg has got his tummy worked over loads he gets a fair few near falls you get the sense that jericho wants to kind of show off that edge is exciting but like the match was like 180 seconds of that it, it was ding 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 yeah. pretty much the, the, I mean, yeah all the matches are, are really I think the longest match tonight is RVD versus Christian and that's like bang on six minutes fucking hell Jericho goes for the belt he gets the spear we get a kick out from the spear it was good to get that in this is like you know you're playing 2k and you've got some pretty wild requirements to get gold on this match type Jericho hits his fourth least impressive maneuver, the breakdown, because the Judas effect is still being devised and the undisputed champion picks up the win. Billy, that was barely a match. It, it was no, it wasn't. Um, it was it was okay though. Yeah, it was short. It was short and sweet. It was it was inoffensive. I think what it shows you is just how constraining it is because you got Jericho on top of the world here you know top of his skill set as far as I'm concerned and Edge who is you know should have all the momentum in the world he's a really exciting dynamic performer but if you're going out and you have to build up that someone's a threat but also not a threat at all and you've got three minutes or whatever the fuck it is I mean you can only do so much and this is the definition of only doing be able to do so much yeah backstage Vince McMahon is here way Last time we saw you, you were spinning around in a chair talking about rape and cancer. What's going on today, Vince? You all right? I yeah. love hogs. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. He he makes he gets a cheap pop by saying he loves hogs and swine. And I, I have no would... idea what's going on in Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, Arkansas is where the Godwins are from, right? Bitters, Arkansas. Maybe is it like a ho- hog farming thing? I thought that would have been like a 
you know, like, I thought that was Vince trying to have a pop in Arkansas. Go like, oh, yeah. pig farmers. And they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. I thought there was like, there's maybe like a secret race of pig men living in the sewers <laughs> that we don't know about. Well, Arkansas owning the swine industry here. They're totally mm. on board with this. And then he says, this is a momentous occasion because it's the last draw before the NWO arrives, which, you know, you got loads of real fun stuff to look forward to. What's going to happen when Booker T joins the NWO? What's what's the big show going to have to say about Sean Waltman and Sean Michaels' involvement in the NWO? Uh, (laughs) I can't wait until I hear one of the most cerebral, (laughs) bored, unengaged men in wrestling, Kevin Nash, talk about how he definitely wants to be in the NWO again. And then not once does he mention he's here because it's, you know, Steph's second wedding. Yeah, (laughs) Michael Cole has to... He's about to walk out and Michael Cole just goes... What about this vow renewal of your daughter? What do you think about... I don't give a shit about that. So, yeah, Vince is directly asked by Cole about Stephanie. Like, you're here tonight because of Stephanie McMahon? And Vince literally, like, looks in the camera and it's like, come on, I'm talking about the NWO. This li- I can't answer that question. No. <laughs> he just walks away. My I real daughter. Vin- I think Vince should have a special black NWO suit with a spray paint on the back for when he talks about the NWO so we can mm. distinguish him from his other character. <laughs> Get our first of several NWO memory packages. Yes. I'll never forget where I was when the NWO had a big laugh. Yeah. Or the time that they ran out and then ran out again. Yeah, and then they spray painted something, had a big laugh about. Honestly, yeah. this is like watching someone's like collected vines from their stag do weekend nine years ago. Yeah. I-, I honestly don't care what you got up to in Poland, lads. It's fine by me. I mean, the most impressive thing about this, I don't think I point out often enough, but... This was an immaculate edit job to get Hogan Hall and Nash here and no Bischoff, none of the other people who are actually not signed yet. Very, very good job indeed. We get our M&M's Rewind. Oh, yes. It is Triple H getting the dreaded angle slam onto a chair with your bum. So Triple H's bum will be sore. It it did look a little bit sore, but it did make me laugh that was, you know, uh, he landed on his ass on a chair. That, That just made me laugh for some reason. I think Billy... There is a wide open market for someone to put together clips like that and then push a little fart on them. Because I think that should yes. be really, really funny. There was someone once and there was a two, one or two videos on YouTube. Ever you and I used to watch them. It was basically like a wrestling equivalent of shredding. Shredding where you take like the video of a great performance of a live song and then do like crap over it to make it sound like it's doing it. And it was like Undertaker yeah. and Chris Benoit. And you could hear like the slow like clomp, clomp, clomp goes into the corner. Uh, you know like real shit grunts like real yeah. like breathy awkward that type of a thing and I whoever you are we need you now more than ever yeah. so this that would be fun farts as well that would be funny someone in a big submission move going ah and putting a burp over it I'm just saying it would be yeah. very very good I'm, I'm trying to think which would be which would be the best submission manoeuvre to add a fart to oh how about a Bret Hart sharpshooter because he kind of squats down yeah <laughs> that's what I was thinking as he's, as he's squatting down he do a long fart I'm talking a long bowl trumpet though something that has yeah. a proper like I, you, know, you know when you go into a, a, into a toilet bowl and it's empty and you fart loud it's like when someone has one of those wah, 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 <laughs> <just sound>. <laughs> <laughs> makes it sound like you're in a Grim Fandango cutscene it's great that, that's what makes you tap out it's not it's not the pain in your legs it's getting fart on your lower back (laughs) (laughs) it's too raspy I can't take it anymore backstage Triple H is looking at a monitor and I'm not sure if there's any rules about seeing the bride before you renew your wedding vows Uh, I don't know but but they didn't really have a proper wedding did they 
No! And this is maybe where a lot of the lines get blurred and confuses some of the fans because this is them getting kind of remarried on TV, although they are going out together in real life now publicly for yeah. realsies. The point at which they were going out together for real, as we've determined on SmackDown Crawl, is basically indeterminate because they have said many conflicting things about when it started. But they say later on, like 2000 and like five or six, when they re- reveal that Steph is pregnant, they just kind of turn to the camera like, obviously they're married. So yeah. they kind of don't really ever explain in kayfabe. There is no satisfactory kayfabe explanation for why they're together. Uh, no. Or why they got broken up. So, yeah. I, I, I don't really know. In, was it ever revealed from the first wedding through the drive through wedding mm. if Steph was actually conscious and she was just pretending to be asleep and Hunter was just doing the puppet stuff? Because she was in on it the whole time. But did I they rem- ever say? Remember, Steph did like, she did like, the problem is she did like two or three kind of like, this is my set piece heel promo about why I did yeah. it. And as far as I'm aware, she was definitely, she was drugged, she wasn't in on it, but it was then seeing how Triple H handled the situation with Vince after the fact when Vince was being, it was meant to be the combination of Vince being so ineffective in getting Triple H to sign the annulment or the divorce or whatever, and Triple yeah. H being so like powerful against her father, and it was like, and it really turned me on to see you talk down to my dad, because this is what we write in wrestling in fucking yeah. 1999, like, cool. Make sure 11-year-old Kevin watches loads of that, right? It really <laughs> turns me on when you kidnap me and beat up my dad. So, I'm pretty sure they went back and forth in it, though, because I swear I remember... There was a point where it's like, we were in on it all the time. Like, it was a master plan, yeah. an Academy Award-winning performance. Because she says here tonight that she was in love with him from the first time she laid eyes on him. Well... Which sort of implies it was going on longer. I don't know if they're trying to say that she was attracted to him and smitten with him and Triple mm. H still drugged and kidnapped yeah. her and married her. Or, or if it's a case that it came after the fact. But I think... There's no point where they have actually explicitly said, no, I wasn't even a, I wasn't even passed out. That was all just pretend. I don't think they ever went that far. As far right. as we were to let to believe, Triple H did drug her and that Stephanie was such a Bonnie and Clyde, you know, Stockholm syndrome that she loved it afterwards. Yeah. And it was so cool. Well, there we are now talking about all the fun stuff with the wrestling there. That's very good. I remember when I went down and I told my mum and dad how excited it was that Tess and Stephanie were getting married and that I got invited to the wedding party. And they are like, aww, <laughs> that little boy of ours is going to watch his sweet show. He'll truly learn the ins and outs of the social world. That just reminds me of just you saying like you you personally think you're being invited by a tv show i love it re- that it, it, it reminds me of the time where i was a kid and i was in the car with my parents and my younger brother and my parents said you two were on the simpsons last night and i went were we <laughs> well it's about time yeah like, it's yeah. like how do they know who i am <laughs> how was i on the simpsons <laughs> It's the same level of sweet naivety of like of Mr. Burns going like, excuse me, where are the burns <laughs> I assume I will be animated and put on this popular show tonight. Stephanie, because she's a heel in 2002 getting married and they, they really want you to know that Stephanie is evil here. And it's kind of hard for them to swing that and have Stephanie be like, I'm pregnant, Triple H. And also, I'm really excited for you to be back. And also, it's really romantic. We're renewing our wedding vows and it means so much to me. Oh my God. And also not have her 
Like, there's no point saying where she's like, she hasn't got a confidant or someone who she'd be like, can you believe I'm pretending to this idiot that I'm pregnant? It's all internal. So Stephanie can't be externally very villainous here tonight. And the way they get around this is by have Stephanie wearing the most ridiculous wedding dress yeah. ever, complete with matching love honey, like sexy fucking <laughs> silk robe. So you can't see her fucking big surprise for when they get married. It, it, the dress is doing a lot of heavy lifting here, yeah. character wise tonight triple h is promising her that he's not going to bop her angle or go get revenge tonight even you know, though he pushed triple h onto his pregnant wife it's okay though billy because she touched her stomach in that kind of upside down diamond cutter symbol and went the baby <laughs> and that means it's okay in wrestling yeah. okay it's all right do you watch you and i did a fucking raw with terry and oh wait do we do the raw with Terry getting the miscarriage, or is that Yeah, because that, that was the one where uh, Foley gets the belt. Yeah, and Midian. Fucking hell, why don't we get all these fucking weird-ass Raws? What's that all about? <laughs> fucking hell. Enough of it already. Why can't me and Billy have a night? You know what, Billy? We should have you pick a Raw next time. That'll work out well, won't it? Because <laughs> it's worked out so well for me. Thanks, by the way, Billy, while we're on the subject where I was struggling with how to having to review all this pandemic wrestling and then I say oh wouldn't it be fun for the fans if Billy could do a Billy's Picks for our pay-per-view classic and I had to watch ECW December to December 2006 and explain Ariel sitting on Kelly Kelly's face to my my partner thanks very much for that and don't worry folks because they're in our second chance vote another one of your fucking picks is gone I have to watch Vladimir Kozlov and Triple H now oh yeah I got excited because I thought Kung Fu Naki is going to wrestle the Brian Kendrick but that's a dark match yeah dark match what even is 2008 (laughs) fucking hell coming up next Time for another match in inverted commas in italics as Goldust takes on Rakishi. JR calls Goldust a rascal. <laughs> he says, this rascal is pet coon goofy. I mean, he sounds adorable. I want one for Christmas. Yeah. This little, a little rascal Goldust? I want that. <laughs> We're just calling the character of Goldust a rascal. Yeah, imagine like that's what they said to Ahmed Johnson after he kissed him. He's just a little rascal. He's not a rascal, man. Come on. He kissed me. I got gold all over me. That's not rascally behavior. This is the first match for Goldust, first singles match in WWE television since the Raw before WrestleMania 15. Wow. Jesus. Because I suppose he was over in WCW being seven for a minute. and then He was. And then what, what else did it, did he stay in WCW that whole time? Yeah, he was there. Um, they, people kind of tend to forget that after he was not the American Nightmare. That was just uh, that, that, he was seven, which was America's Nightmare. Not to be confused with right. the American Nightmare, which is a different gimmick that Cody does. But after he was seven, they did like kind of a I'm tired of this shit. I'm going to meet Dustin Runnels and have a goatee and get my dad to love me. And they did this like real kind of ham fisted daddy and thunk going to teach him right and wrong. <laughs> daddy and thunk going to get him beef strong. I want the best. For my child. Oh, also, can I be in the main event, Daddy? I'm 51 years old. Main event with Nature Boric Flair. So, yeah, he was the natural again. So he was just regular Dustin Rhodes, or Dustin Runnels, I should say, at WCW. 
I think him being Goldust again in great shape. This is like this is peak Goldust as far as I'm concerned in many respects. Yeah. Do you uh do you have you seen much of him in his uh AEW capacity? He's still going, still ticking. I've not watched a whole lot of AEW. I watched the the first pay per view which had the match between him and Cody, mm. and that was an, that was a cracking match. But I've not mm. seen much of. Of of Goldie since then. I mean, I call him Goldie Dustin. Gold. We'll call him Dustin in AEW. Dusty, call him Dusty. That, yeah. Oh wait, no, that won't work. Dusty too. <laughs> so King turns to Jr. and just goes, "Do you like movies?" And it is very admirable that they are going ham on Goldust being creepy, but creepy because he loves movies as opposed to creepy because he's androgynous and wants to touch everyone. Yeah. So yeah, it is kind of. Kind of an interesting way to go on. I mean, I was quite confused by it because I, I remembered little bits of Goldust from Attitude Era. He was pretty much going as when I started yeah. watching. And this Goldust was very different. I didn't realize that he had this whole like movie gimmick and all that stuff. I don't... Are movies that creepy? I like, mean, is, he, is he just trying to get you, like get people to watch like obscure art house movies like this is Todorovsky's The Holy Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> this is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen on DVD. Do you see? <laughs> <laughs> this oh, so is that the... would be better if he did the Red Dragon. Yeah, if he did, that, if he, if he did Red Dragon, and just making people watch. You know, this is like Herbie fully loaded. <laughs> this is Zack Snyder's last director's cut of Justice League. Do you see? It is much better. It is full. The world is rich and vibrant. Do you see? <laughs> You know you're in Arkansas when the most over person on the card tonight is like an act from two years ago they all really liked when they yeah. watched wrestling. Because Rikishi, who's been nowhere on this show, just comes out like, Rikishi, Rikishi. All is forgiven. There's, so, there's Rikishi signs. So, yeah. they're like, so they were just hoping, I guess, that he would turn up. Says a lot about him that in spite of running over Steve Austin and not being pushed since that fact... He is more over now, it feels like, in Arkansas than yeah. he was in 2000. It's insane. So, literally one move in the match. Rikishi yeah. goes for a bonsai. He misses. Rob Van Dam runs in and attacks Goldust because Goldust's been a bit pervy with Rob recently. Yeah, uh, they, the commentary still don't know what the deal is. And by the end of this, we have a little more of an idea, but still not really an idea of what... Goldus problem with RVD is. So I think the idea is it starts off with him being like, Ooh, Rob, you're very sexy, so you are. I love... <laughs> <laughs> you're nominating an Oscar in my pants, Rob, and I like it. Now, <laughs> what it's meant to be is that he thinks that... He starts off by appearing on the Titan Tron and being like, Ooh, Rob, you're such a leading man. I'd love to see you in a movie, Rob. I love the idea of a Goldust being like, Be in my shit movie. <laughs> that's like... That's a great gimmick. I'd love him to actually you know, have his little crap art house Fellini movies and like it's just a confused wrestler going, Get out of here! <laughs> you know, or whatever. And then afterwards it became... Rob, I'm obsessed with you because everyone's obsessed with you. Therefore, I'm obsessed with you. Your yeah. spotlight, your your fandom. People should be obsessed with me because I'm Goldust and I'm audacious and really, really ornate. But instead, they're they're obsessed with you. And Rob's like, cool, whatever, man. And that's kind of the crux of it there. Yeah. Cool, well, there whatever, man. There might be something because, you know, Rob Van Damme's the whole fucking show. He is? And, 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 and Goldust doesn't like shows. He likes movies. He likes films. <laughs> He doesn't want your premier TV. Who gives a shit about The Sopranos? He wants them 
them solid movies. You all remember that moment in lockdown at the start? It was really nice where we all got out on our doorsteps and half of us went, movies! And the other half went, TVs! Movies! <laughs> TVs! Let's call the whole thing off! Backstage, Triple H gets FedEx from Aaron Anderson because that's what Aaron Anderson's job is yeah. now, apparently. Yeah, he's just like the concierge. <laughs> Sorry, Just Joe, we've been bumped. We got Aaron Anderson. We got Horseman now. We don't yeah. need you to deliver memos. We got memos. Big on to be the, the fucking show snitch. I was just going to say, right, did you know that Aaron Anderson has a, like, massive, massive, massive sexual following? I beg your pardon? <laughs> Aaron Anderson has a massive, massive, massive sexual following. I did not know this. I only found this out from doing the Jobbers episode of How To Wrestling. We did a video that released, you yeah. know, what I have to do the whole episode, it's up on Facebook. But when we were looking up about Jobbers, we found a lot of videos, particularly Jobbers with Aaron Anderson uploaded. I was like, oh, that's very interesting. And it's like, you know, break my back, daddy, bust my brain, daddy, you know, spike pile driver me, daddy, big strong bear Aaron Anderson, and very small waifish Jobbers is like a serious mood on YouTube. And it has been for many years. Fun fact, like I asked Brian Zane, longtime friend of the show, when I was doing research for that episode, I asked him like, you know, Brian, I know you did a little bit of, you know, job work in the early days because he's, he's trained yeah. and he goes, well, actually, funny you mentioned, my, I uploaded a few matches and I thought, oh, you know, maybe some people will see him, I'll get some bookings and all the comments are like, oh yeah, because Brian was, you know, on the more on the slender side. Yeah. So they're like, oh yeah, I want to see this guy get beat up. So I'm just saying, right, given that this is probably the most, we're having a bikini match later on, even a contest, we're going to wrestling bikinis. Money on the table. You can have your bikini match, but don't just show me the forearms of Aaron Anderson here when he's got a barrel chest on him. That's yeah, all I'm get, saying. Get the top off. There's a lot of people in the audience who would have given lots of money, hand over fist, to see Aaron's hand over fist. Yeah. Backstage, Jonathan Coachman is with Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's in the process of ruining all wrestling promos forever. You think it's funny when Stone Cold Steve Austin rolls into a dry county? What? You think it's funny? What? Huh? I got nervous. My skin broke out in hives. I'm itching inside. My liver's all twisted up. But you know what I did? I took Deborah, went to the liquor store. I loaded up with alcohol, more specifically vodka, whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. Because I wasn't just going to sit around for a couple of hours in Jonesboro. I was going to drink all night long. So now, that's right. Now that we're through talking about Jonesboro and being a dry county, I'm excited to be here because I found out that Stone Cold Steve Austin gets to wrestle The Undertaker. What? The Dead Man. What? The Phenom. What? You got the message, didn't you? Stone Cold Steve Austin came out here to Jonesboro and opened up a can of whoop-ass, and The Undertaker says that these people, and as he calls them, I think you call them hillbillies. Eh, eh. Thank you very much, coach. Stone Cold Steve Austin and these hillbillies, we're going to go out here and we're going to disrespect. We're going to disrespect. We're going to disrespect all over the dead man's ass. Did you read my lips? Did you? I said D I S R E. S P E C T. Ain't that how you spell disrespect? Well, that's what the hell's gonna happen now. You wanna talk about Chris Jericho, do don't you? Huh? And no way out? I'm gonna go ahead and bottom line this interview because I ain't got a whole lot of time. I got a man's ass to whip. 
and I got alcohol to drink. I had no way out. Them undisputed titles, they're coming with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You want to know why? why? You don't know why? why? You want to know why? why? Shut up. W-H-Y. I'll tell you why. Because Stone Cold said so. And that's the bottom line. Why? Because old Stone Cold said so. Thank you very much, you son of a bitch. What? <laughs> what? What? He even ruins his own promo with it. You can tell he's annoyed he's, by it. No, I thought he was corpsing at it. Because at the repeated <laughs> one, it generally, there was like a wrinkle of a smile that made, made me laugh. Oh my God. This is pretty much like Austin doing like his promos. This is like if you knew someone who used to do really great long form journalism and then they went to like BuzzFeed and started doing top 10 lists instead yeah. where it's like small land, what? Next land, what? Next land, what? No substance, what? No substance, what? <laughs> he doesn't like where he's in Arkansas, Billy, because it's a dry county, what? And he's clearly going through withdrawal because he's what? broken out in hives. And I his got hives. <laughs> I got the I got the drink order here in case anyone's interested for 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 Austin because yeah. it's a dry county so he popped down the road to to a non-dry county and he had vodka what whiskey what beer what tequila what more vodka what more beer what more whiskey what more beer what do we call those lady boys what's the matter you never had a vodka whiskey beer tequila more vodka more beer whiskey more beer chaser you big girls bras <laughs> but he's not allowed to bring it back over the county line so he's had to sit on the side of the road and drink that I mean Undertaker a couple of soup bombs to the midsection Austin's going to have a fountain of blood coming out of there yeah. this is going to be an easy victory I, I, I did keep making myself laugh in this promo just thinking about the name Stone Cold Steve Austin because I imagined, because you know, sometimes when you have a wrestler, like you'll you'll have like first name, the nickname, surname. Yeah. So it just made me think of Stone Austin, and his nickname's Cold Steve. <laughs> Cold Steve. <laughs> the Stone Cold Steve Austin. Round here, folks just call him Cold Steve. I'd keep an eye on him if I were you. Austin managed to squeeze in a little bit of Aretha Franklin as well. R E S P C T. Man, I want to meet you, me. R E S P C T. Second of the night, and then oh yeah, right the second, like literally, like they're going to commercials, like oh yeah, this Sunday, no, we have Chris Jericho World Title Match, we're going to get you. And then, Come on, what the fuck? He got, he got ten seconds for Jericho, maybe yeah. eight, maybe eight. Backstage, hey, it's some recurring characters from the it's weddings. The, it's the original shit wedding singers, Yay. and they're practicing there together. Our love will last forever. Together, just you and me forever. They have lasted about as well in the last two years as love that will last forever. <laughs> I'm really happy they've got him on retainer, you know? Yeah, I was I was so surprised and so happy that it was the same wedding singers. I mean, I was really happy with seeing that just because there was always that part to me, and I think we said in the episode as well, there was always that part where we were a little bit worried that it's like, do you want to come do some wedding singing for a wrestling show? And then they'd be like, boo! like they didn't know they were going to be working heel the fact that they're back here it shows to me that either a they were new about it or b they were cool with it or or c they just need a gig and i understand that as well (laughs) i respect it well judging by their quality i don't think they get a lot of work because they are (laughs) particularly bad tonight i don't know billy either of us gets married anytime soon i kind of feel like we got to make the call you know got (laughs) to make the call or at least purchase the rights for the song you know yes 
Coming up next, your Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle, who's got himself a big match against Triple H at No Way Out, where he can have a chance to win the number one contendership for WrestleMania, which he does and doesn't go to WrestleMania. Yes. Why? Doesn't matter why. He fights someone really low down, doesn't he, at WrestleMania? He fights Kane. He fights Kane, yes. Yeah, and I remember distinctly getting WWF magazine with the colour photos about WrestleMania and it was like attacking from a different angle. It was actually very wise of Kurt Angle to go further down the card and yeah, nice try. <laughs> nice try. But Kurt is taking on another returning character. Yeah. It's from the 2002 Royal Rumble. It's pretty interesting. I did that as well for Pay-Per-View Classic and his man got a big pop when he returned. I'm talking about the Godfather, Billy. With his ladies. What's going on here? Did you get this storyline? There's a big thing that's changed, apparently. I don't think he's got, like... He's not got hoes anymore. He's got... I think these are high-end escorts. Okay. That's what I gathered from this. Okay, so high-end escort service now. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? What, 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 What does that actually mean for The Godfather? Were you able to glean that at all? Well, I think they said that he that they're not making as much money. Okay. I think I think Jr. said they're not making as much money these these escorts than, than what he was previously making. This is, I honestly, it's the most confusing thing from this episode of Raw, and I, I didn't think yeah. I'd be talking about the Godfather being confused, but he comes back at Royal Rumble with a big like he comes out with like twenty women or whatever. And Jerry Lawler's literally stood on the desk swinging his dick around going, Woo! <laughs> and and, and Jerry's like, all right, whoa, got a little in my eye there. You got, calm down, King. Come on. I know you're excited, but come on, King. And he's like, you don't understand, JR. It's the Godfather. He's God legitimate. Woohoo! And that makes out that the Godfather being legitimate is like, Finally, you know, finally, fi- yes, he's done it. He comes out here a month later and here are the quotes. He's got legit, JR. Woohoo. Well, they're not nearly as scantily clad as they used to be. And then JR is like, yeah, they're not as uh, busy as they'd like. And then Jerry literally goes, yeah, it's hard times for the Godfather. And then JR says, yeah, Enron in the making, if you know what I mean. What the fuck is this? What are yeah, they saying? I, I have no idea. Oh, do- you know, it's 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 the world's oldest failing profession, sex work. Yeah. That is, you know, what, I mean? like, I, what the fuck? Unless he's like doing it all through a website, because wasn't the tech bubble? <laughs> well didn't, and truly didn't the tech, didn't the, te- the the bubble burst around this time? Didn't it? it was around two thousand two, two thousand three. I told you, you shouldn't have gotten all those flash women, Godfather. It would never last. I I, I kept looking at one of the women as well because she has the Karen haircut. <laughs> And like she, she full on has the Karen. So I kept looking at her. <laughs> I think it's really funny. It's, it is like it was noticeable that they were they were like dressed up a little bit more and that they yeah. were wearing just a little bit more. But the fact that they drew so much attention to it, I think they could have gotten away with it and said like, "Oh, Godfather's just got you know his got new ladies." But they've really went out of their way to be like, "We want to give you the old Godfather character, but we can't. Yeah, we can't say hoes on TV anymore." Is basically what the takeaway of this was for me. Godfather is either a heel or a struggling baby face who's living the American dream and trying to get over yeah. with blue collar wise. I don't know what it is, but Kurt Angle beats the fucking shit out of him really <laughs> yeah. quickly. It's kind of really embarrassing. Come back. We'll give you a new gimmick that kind of is confusing and it fucks over your old gimmick. 
And then Kurt Angle will beat you up and break your ankle while he's being called Mr. McMahon's boy. Kurt's real angry here. I love it. Like, Absolutely love it. Is this just carried on from, from the invasion? Pretty much. What happens is at the end of the invasion, you know, we saw with, with Vince and Kurt that Kurt is like, I'm the hero. Don't you see? Yeah. You know, I, I'm the winner. And the fact that everyone starts cheering for Austin. He's like, I don't believe it. The guy tries to kill the company. I literally saved the WWF and you boo me. I mean, ha, ha, guys, come on. And he's way angrier now as a result. And I like that. You know, he kind of, he feels like he should be the undisputed champion instead of Jericho as well. So this is the precursor. Once he goes bald, we'll get rest of the machine car angle a lot more than we had. Kurt kicks the shit out of him a little bit more. Godfather's in amazing shape. So it's fun to watch him look, you know, really slim as he gets his shit beaten out of him. And ankle lock, Kurt wins, easy peasy. Then Kurt beats him up again, spits on the floor, and then just does a quick promo to talk about how he's going to kick Triple H's butt. But he does it in uh, the vowel form, you know, to, to love oh, and to hold. And- okay, what, what was the structure of this? This was so fucking ham-fisted. I felt so bad Kurt had all this attitude and anger, and he had to do this fucking cumbersome read. Yeah. He was, I vowed to kick your butt and to have and to hold your title shot. Amen. Yeah. <sighs> No good promos end with a breathless amen. I'm sorry. I don't think that I don't think of any wedding I've been to when they've done the actual like full like Christian wedding vow. Yeah, where they've ended it by saying where the woman, the bride or the groom have gone amen at the end of it. I mean, at mine, when if Joe reads out vows, I'm going to turn to the crowd and go amen to that. Am I right, folks? And do a big old <laughs> wink, like a fucking massive one. You'll hear it in the mic. It'll go. You know, you'll hear it for miles. Uh, Kurt also says that Steph can do much better. So is he still holding, you know, a candle to, to Steph? They are making out, yeah, that he, he is doing a bit of that. They, but this, here's the thing is, like, last time they did it, it made a load of sense. But because Kurt was like, kind of being like, oh, I'm your friend. Ha ha. Yeah. Where's my hug? Wink with a crying tear, smiley face, tongue out emoji. Yeah, but and, Triple H put the kibosh on it. Yeah, because Triple H's like, no one's going to believe that. Whereas now they're doing a thing where like, they did a segment where Kurt Angle came out and he's like, oh, man, I love Steph. She's so great. But can you believe she's having Triple H's kid? Look at this. And he took it like it was a monkey doll with a big fake nose on it. And he's like, that's what their kid will look like. <laughs> and he's like, wait, he say, and he's like, oh, Stephanie's really beautiful and great, though, and I'm attracted to her, but Triple H is a monkey with a big nose. Yeah, like, so it's all of Hunter's genes. None of Steph's genes are going to be in the baby. I'm just going to come down here. I'm like, do I have to show you the, the telephase and the metaphase again? Do you have to know how the, the... It's 50% from each, Kurt. No, not the 50%. 50% from each, all right? I know, exactly. She could be evil. The child could be evil like their mother or their father. It could be, you know, there's lots of different things that could happen. We got some more precious NWO memories. I'll never forget where I was when they did the finger poke of doom. Yeah, it was at home, so I was. Yeah. Good times. Backstage, Steph is with the glam squad, and I love this. This is so funny. They're like, Steph, are you drinking that champagne? And she's like, Mm, of course not oh my god it's just a prop for the wedding day <laughs> yeah that, that was that was the thing because i didn't know that she was faking the pregnancy when i watched this but mm. um that the moment they drew attention to the champagne glass i was like okay so she's faking this then that's yeah. the moment that's the moment made me realize that she's faking it either billy she's faking it or she's being a pioneer like nikki yeah. bella and pretending yeah. and going out and drinking just to catch people judging her there's, yeah. there's a nikki bella on a sunday afternoon with big sunglasses the largest glass of red wine ever and a big fake pregnancy 
pregnancy belly going, have you got a problem? Because I'm actually allowed to drink a glass of wine. Do you want to fight me about this point? <laughs> it's so... Peak comedy. Peak comedy, right, folks? So Triple H comes in and he's all dorky. With this ring, Ivy Weds. And he's got a rock the size of fucking Gibraltar on us. Jesus Christ, the size of that thing. I, it was great. You know, it was... It had to be big enough that, like, villain Stephanie with her comedy gaudy taste would be like, ah, I'm happy yeah. now because I got a big diamond. But it couldn't be so stupid that Triple H could be viewed to have poor taste. So they managed to hit the nail on the head of guy who pulls in six figures who's never bought a ring before. Yeah. And that's exactly what Triple H has went for here. He's gone to the, the clerk at the, at the jewellery store and they've said, and they've, he's, Hunter said to them, you pick the ring. Well, they said three months' salary, and I went to Saudi Arabia, and my hands are all red and sticky, so give me the biggest goddamn blue diamond you've ever seen. <laughs> Coming up next, toilet break time. We're in the middle of the show here. Don't get too settled down. It's only the main event of four pay-per-views from yeah. the Attitude Era. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker. Wow. What the fuck? This yeah. is... I mean, you know, I, I just watched Beyond the Mad quite recently and I just see these two here. I just had the monologue of like, it's hard to see you could fall any lower without starting over again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, both guys are still the top stars in the world yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But it's like, this is the time when you have to start treating them with a little bit more care. Not being like, oh, it's the end of the Atiyar. These are the guys that did it. Let's start throwing them out more now, more than ever. Yeah. Because it's not long left now till Steve leaves, isn't it? No, I mean, he's gone. Two months from now, he's gone for a, for a spell. Yeah, mm. and then he's gone again after that. He comes back for another two months, and then he's gone around June. He's gone for, like, pretty much a year. So, you know, so bad maybe, times. maybe should have not been putting him in the middle of Raw with a schmoz match with the taker. It, it, you can really see this. And, like, what happens in this match? This is not the Steve Austin. I mean, you say a schmoz. I mean, I think we'd all pretty much guess like Austin Taker at yeah. any point in the show in Raw is going to be a schmoz but what happens with Austin in this match is like that wouldn't have happened in 1998 or 1999 no, or 2001 when he came back no way no Momo for The Undertaker when he comes out to get that heel heat in Arkansas and as Steve Austin's coming out he gets jumped from behind by Y2J but they have quite an interesting verb to describe it I didn't catch it he said that he was bushwhacked by Chris Jericho so he licked his head what does bushwhack mean? <laughs> It'd be funny if Jericho came out with his arms going up and down, yeah. like, you know, slowly making his way to the ring. <laughs> or he was hiding in like a big fake bush like Solid Snake. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll find out someday. Hey, Billy, is this match a gastropod conference? Because I've seen two guys in here and ain't nothing but a slug fest. You see oh. what I'm saying? Ow! Ow! A little bit of a uh, little bit of walking brawl here, folks. Not a whole yeah. lot of wrestling going on here. Yeah, it's, it, it, Taker's not really selling the, the fact that he's pissed off at the respect here, just wandering about. Like, I mean, if you want us all to respect you, maybe you should do more than grab your partner by the throat, do si do, walk around like yeah. it was really fucking lame. And like the one move they go for is the fucking tombstone. I'm like, can you imagine in mm. like middle of Raw and like Austin Taker, they just walk around, do a bop, 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 and then he's in the tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, I think, you know, your career's kind of on the down end and we think the fans really want to see you take the tombstone, really. It won't be Raw without it, to be honest. We might lose the quarter hour to, to Roller Jam. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it has one thing in the match. It's probably the best stunner Undertaker's ever taken. Yeah, it's a great stunner 
It's a, a little bit of the rock in there, but it's definitely like a, you can imagine Jay going Burr! as he kind of blows away with it. It was fun. It was very good. Jericho just shows up, again. beats up beats up Austin again. Two run-ins in one match, and then Austin gets beat up, and then we get a long beatdown. We get a beatdown involving Austin's beer in yes. a dry county, Billy. This is so disrespectful. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the sheriffs are waiting for him backstage. <laughs> yeah, for Austin for having ingested beer. <laughs> it's, it's legal well, to beat Jericho, someone. Because Jericho drinks the beer. He spat it out, though, Billy. It's okay. He spat it out. It's a dry county still. He did. Oh. That's the equivalent of not inhaling. If you... Yeah, he's Bill Clintoning it. <laughs> <laughs> and JR. Like, not even JR really sells us the way he should because, like, Austin and being up with his own beer, that's, like, pretty sacrilegious. Doing yeah. it, like in the middle of a match and Austin is like he's laid out Jericho smashes the beer on him he pours it all over him he spits it on him he slaps him he gives him a proper like chump treatment yeah and Jericho's the entire cooler yeah like Austin is laid out in a way we never saw him like I was expecting right okay this is happening because Austin's going to get up and lay some pretty sweet stunners any second about now but no that's it Austin gets killed and JR manages to bring out a very unimpassioned no that's Stone Cold's ale. 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 You couldn't even identify. Like. Yeah, seriously, you couldn't even identify the drink correctly. Jericho hightails it in a limo. No retribution for Austin, and it's like, right, Austin can either never get attacked or can get chumpetized. Is there a middle ground at some mm. point in his career? Out of curiosity, is their match at no way no way out any good? Not really. I mean, Austin yeah. is <laughs> Austin's Austin's struggling at this point. I mean, it's hot in the sense that, like, you know, Austin's over. What mm. is over? So people are saying what with everything he does. Jericho's a hated heel, but it's just a bit. It's an excuse to do the run in and the beatdown angle with the NWO. So yeah. you know, Austin had lost more than a bit of a step at this point. You know, I think it's safe to say. Oh Jesus! Coming up next, what a dream team! Booker T with his best friend Test. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, I, you know, I have no idea what's going on here. How did? Taz and Spike Dudley get the tag team championships. Taz and Spike Dudley, who I believe their tag team's name is affectionately known as the Little Buddies. Like it's so <laughs> fucking. I love it. I love the two smallest guys on the roster. Great. Taz is a killer. He deserves it. Spike deserves anything. You know, he takes so many fucking sick bumps in his career for this company and mm. others. And I think they're meant to be placeholders because Billy and Chuck are going to be the next big team, I think, who take it yeah. off them. And I think it was just to get it off of the Dudley boys without having to go back because the Hardy boys, they're kind of like not sure what they're doing with them yet. You know, they're, they're kind of trying to move away from the Hardys, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian. And I think this is trying to make some new teams, basically. I think it worked pretty well. It's just a weird team and it's weird to see the, you know, Taz have a belt in 2002. Yeah. Considering how, they, how it all fell apart with him within months of getting there. And I... You know, he's had the hardcore championship, but seeing with the tag belt seems really strange. I know. I mean, Taz in his special tracksuit gear be like, I didn't think I need no belt because I got these elastic trousers. They kind of, you know, they, they do their own gimmick there. But hey, you want to give me that title, buddy? That's no, 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 no sweat off my nose. Booker T and Test. When they're coming out, it's basically like a test when he's been messaging his black friend on Twitter for years. He's been asked out on a night out and he feels very awkward because he's not been out in a few years. And Tess mm. is kind of walking around while Booker T's doing his thing. And he's kind of, he Tess goes, woo, yeah, ah. And he's like, shakes his hair around a little mm. bit. He's like, what are you doing, Tess? Ah. <laughs> it's like the video equivalent of a photobomb. Yeah, uh, pretty much. JR, you don't forget folks at home. He's getting you hyped up. Stacy Keebler and Tori Wilson, they're going to be uh, wrestling 
if you can call it that later on. All right. Hide the fucking disdain in your voice if you don't mind. <laughs> like, do they think it's a kink? Like, you know, in the way that, you know, I, I found out recently a lot of people were grew up absolutely completely into ivory from right to censor because of the strict authoritarian nature of her, even though she didn't wear very revealing costumes and she wasn't very yeah. salacious at all. She was very strict. A lot of people were very into that. It was very well, awake. Like, it's, it's, yeah, I know of that one because you get like Motley Crue's like hot for teacher and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It's an authoritarian thing. I bet what it is, Billy, is that the people, the Jerry Lawlers of the world, where if they hear JR going, you can't do that, you know, you know, mm. you can't, they're not going to be wrestling, you can't call it that. That's a kink for some people, so we have to respect it is all, you know. Mm. Of course, you have to wait until the moment is right to go, don't do that, which is the ultimate high-end one. You can't just throw that out anywhere though, you know. Taz mission pretty much immediately like <laughs> yeah they don't even wrestle it's like you know what it is when i get back in the day when i get an old a new smackdown game and i just like i want to see all the entrances and i put everyone in matches and give them finishers and i just do the finisher and then quit the match because I, I wanted to see the finisher yeah we're to see the animations the, yeah go back to the main menu that's what tonight is here spike interferes but test does as well and gives i, I think test mr q it seems it, and, yeah. And Spike just reacted to nothing. Yeah. Because, like, Spike distracts the ref for seemingly no reason because Taz is on top. It felt like Spike was, like, screwing over him. Like, yeah. he was going to give the bells to Booker T or yeah. something afterwards. It, it really came off badly. Test screwed the pooch here. Booker T picks up the win after the test boot. And if one thing can kill the momentum of this beatdown angle after we've just had a beatdown angle and another interference spot after we just had another two interference spots tonight, it's test steam because it's one, two, three. It's like all of the fucking grandeur of a fax being given to you. Yeah. And then be like, oh, it's test. Test facts in us. Awful, awful shit. It reminded me a bit of like a a different timelines version of the intro to Living on a Prayer. <laughs> it's like an alternate universe Living on a Prayer would sound like Test theme here. It never was that YouTube channel that would change it from minor to major keys and vice yeah. versa. I think it's like it's the opening of that set to a minor key is what it sounds like. <laughs> We got to WWF New York. Who we got, Billy? We got the Dudleys. Hey! Um, asking how the Duchess of Dudleyville, Stacey, will, will do against Tori in the bikini match. Devon says, you know, she's going to embarrass her. The, but what I want to talk about is Bubba's fucking face. <laughs> he looks like... How do you describe... It almost looks like he's been told you have to go to WWF New York and yeah. cut a serious promo about Stacey Keebler yeah, and I not th- you. <laughs> yeah, I think he was just thinking about his mirror. He was fucking fuming. And it was funny that it was like, no, Devon, you do the promo because if I talk about that Jezebel Stacey Keebler, <laughs> I ain't gonna have a job no more. He was so angry. He got over that, you know, the tag titles belong to him and Devon yeah. and that Spike and Taz. It was just a fluke and they're going to get him back anytime soon. Mate, all right, we're not here to talk about that. We're going to get the fucking bikini match over and take go into business for yourself some other time. How about that, huh? Another little moment with the NWO. And now it's time for Stacey Keebler versus Tori Wilson in a bikini match. Not a bikini contest, a bikini match. I believe this is a first, Billy. And you can tell this is the marquee match because it has three sponsors. The film The New Guy, which I've never heard of, 
looked it up and it's got DJ calls in it. Skittles are my favourite. Hungry Man Dinners, which <laughs> promises a whole pound of food. Okay, right. Whatever your opinions on either woman or the nature of this or why this is what women's wrestling is in 2002, seeing as we were talking at the end of season three, like they brought back the women's title. Where is that tonight? Yeah. And, uh, say nothing of that fact, right? Put all that aside for one second. And just as performers, Stacey and Tori both deserve better ads and sponsors yeah. than this. Yeah, a right? film that no one's heard of that performed really badly. Hungry Man Dinners! <laughs> Hungry whole, Man a Dinners! Whole, a whole pound of, of chicken mashed potatoes. A whole pound of... Come on! Could you give him a sexy ad, like Sheba or something like that? You know, something with a little bit of fucking... A little bit of gilding. Also as well, right... There's been the gimmick, Jerry Lawler, and then there's doing the gimmick and being so fucking horned up for this match oh, that it's you insane. don't listen to Jerry's read. He's like, Yahoo, bikini match. It's a king sandwich. I'm getting the boner. And I'm not telling you about a new movie. Like, listen to this read. <laughs> I record trail. I'm to get to work here. Oh, excuse me. Uh, tonight Raw is being brought to you by, or brought to you live by Sony Pictures, the new guy. It's in theaters soon. Go to WWF.com to find out how you can win the Fanatic series, Ultimate Weekend. Fucking hell, not since Nostalgia Critic doing any of his plugs have I heard someone kind of go, no one's going to listen to this plug. Come on. <laughs> Are you happy with that, Hungry Man? Are you happy with that, new guy? Are you sure that's the read you want? A man who wants to get through it so we can get to wanking? Like, yeah. come on. At, at one point during this match, King says, my crouching tiger just turned into a hidden dragon. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Does, did what, it go in? What does that mean? Did it did go it, in? Has it did inverted? It, did it like fly off his body or something like? <laughs> so something we didn't know was that King had a cloaca. Oh my God. So I watched this with Joe from How To because uh, she had seen the wedding from this before and wanted to see mm. the rest of the episode. And we were impressed by two main things. Firstly... Anytime I see it, I'll have to point out cartwheels in wrestling. Stacey Keebler does an immaculate cartwheel. Secondly, to wrestle any sort of a match, yet alone one where the majority of the moves is them doing... They do the usual Stacey Tory spots where they they roll around. They do what Jack and Jerry Briscoe would have done except in bikinis. So there's lots of rolling around and legs in the air and all that. All I must say, Billy, is the taping for this must have been pretty intense. No, not the cameras. I'm talking about the taping backstage. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was there was moves being done here that in less equipped companies may have risked being thrown off television, let's just yeah. say. Nearly had could have very had a nearly had a Janet Jackson. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what they were going for almost here, it felt like. And it was during this point in the match where they were trying to titillate us. And you might think, ooh, watching a bikini match with your significant other doesn't get much more steamy than that. To when Joe turned to me and said, I think I can see something there in Stacey's bottoms. I go, what do you mean? He go, what was that thing you were telling me about recently when we were doing... Oh, it was Terry Funk or someone. What was it called? And I go, mufflers. Yeah, is that a muffler? No, it's not a muffler. <laughs> no. It's my job to report on the bikini match. Don't bring up mufflers. No. We, no, also, no. 
We get some uh, bizarre lines throughout this match. This match, we're not going to talk really about this match because it's like a minute and five yeah, seconds. Yeah, it, it is a minute and five. It is absolutely nothing. We get like, there's a cartwheel, there's the roll-up bits, and then I'm pretty sure they look at the referee and then Stacy does a roll-up. And Stacy, I, I think for the first time ever... I, I don't think I've ever seen her win a match before. Mm. It was impressive. We, we got a line halfway through from JR where he says, so the ladies are barefoot, but they aren't in the kitchen baking biscuits. It's a bikini match. It was exactly what you expected, but not exactly what Jerry Lawler expected because at the end he's like, oh man, replay the whole match. And you, you get the sense then, maybe around by the fifth time into the next segment when Jerry's still asking for that, yeah. that maybe the bikini match they were hyping all hour and a half long, he thought might have ran a little bit longer than 65 seconds. Yeah. Genuinely upset. That was a shoot. Backstage, Triple H and Steph celebrate the romance by having a little kiss. I, I need to really think about what I write in future. Because when we come back, like, Steph is looking at the ring. I've genuinely written in my notes, and I've only just noticed now, Steph backstage fingering her ring. <laughs> and I've genuinely written in my notes. And I didn't realise <laughs> at the time how that sounds. I've just looked at it now. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. We've already had the bikini match. You had your chance. You had your chance. <laughs> She's upset that Vince isn't going to walk her down the aisle. So they have a big minging kiss. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can see Hunter's teeth hit the inside of her cheeks. Like. Yeah, there was a kind of like a clacking going on here. It was yeah, uh, romantic. Like a, Triple H is like an anteater. Like. Oh, fucking hell. An anteater with like, his grandfather's false teeth put in. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Perfect with, honestly, one of my favourite segments, probably my favourite segment of this entire episode of Raw. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Mr. Perfect is backstage playing chess. So funny. There's so many little bits here. Perfect's with... He's a national amateur champion from a few years back. And he turns to him and goes, aren't you like NCAA? Which is like the college athletics, like wrestling, <laughs> like, you know, big fucking Minnesota meatheads. And he fucking just immediately is like, all right, I'm going to move over here. And he's like, if you do that, it'll, you know, you'll be in check. He's like, okay. Hey, check that out. And he moves the pieces around and it's like, Mr. Perfect wins in chess. And the guy's like, but you clearly move the pieces. Checkmate. I'm Mr. Perfect. I'm perfect. You lose. Ha ha ha. I could have done with a million of these. Yeah. Like, because Mr. Perfect actually, you know, scoring basketball hoop shots, getting strikes. That's all well and good. The guy who was Mr. Perfect in the 80s and is here now cheating at chess to yeah. be children I want to see that guy I want to see the guy who thinks he's Mr. Perfect that's it, a gimmick is is this not a recurring like bit then a few more little bits but he's he's pretty much on heat after this they do nothing with him he has yeah. one match with Austin for a Raw main event and I think that says less about Mr. Perfect standing and more about them like dialing Austin down mm. a bit a little bit I think so because he's he's out after the plane ride isn't he yeah so and that's just around the corner it's sad I mean Mr. Perfect looks... If you remember, you've seen the Rumble 2002 yeah. when he comes back. I mean, it's it's literally like seeing a ghost. Is Because yeah. he looks not like Kurt Hennig. He looks like Mr. Perfect from 1991. It looks like Kurt, the old Mr. Perfect, has come back here. The, how many times do you see a guy, Billy, whether it's a Jake Roberts or a Roddy Piper or a Macho Man or whoever... And you, they're they're back and they're a little bit older, but the voice is just not there anymore. Yeah, I love listening to Jake Roberts in AEW. 
But I just can't hear the voice through all the pain anymore, man. And that's just not the voice. Mr. Perfect is just Mr. Perfect. Hennig is, yeah, he's fully there. Even Vince. Well, it's me, Vince McMahon. Or frankly, it's the Eric. And I think I'm going to fill up the entire audience with ghosts. <laughs> no, no, it is, it is Hennig. It's... Through he's not. He's not. He's not lost anything. And you know, in true Henning fashion, he was struggling. You know, behind the scenes, and you know, with, that was the problem with people like Mister Henning, where it wasn't like we have to help. It's just like, you know, that generation, man. You know, yeah. they're going to do muscle relaxants and cocaine, and literally months later, he's found in a hotel room, muscle relaxants and cocaine, dead. You know, yeah. and it's really sad that Mister Perfect had such a short return. You know, he could have. He could have been around and been a great coach, great yeah, manager. 100%, yeah, hundred percent. It's time for our wrestling match of the evening now, Billy. Yeah, all uh, six minutes of it. Oh, don't pace yourself. Don't don't eat it all too much, or you'll get a stomachache. Uh, Rob Van Dam taking on Christian because we had it like oh well there was a bikini match buffer, but another sneak attack, another another bushwhack happens here. It's like they listened to an early episode of the Atchier podcast, took all of your gripes and put them... Like, other than legal yeah. man syndrome, it's just everything you complained about in the yeah. first season. It wouldn't fucking 90 minutes. breaking point are here, Kevin. Breaking, breaking point. point. Are they here to make an NXT takeover track for 20 years from now? What's going on? They're the people who make RVD's theme. <laughs> yeah, they've invited them there. And they're like, hello, we're breaking point. <laughs> Why you know have you what? invited them? You know what I'd love to do? I'd like to track down Breaking Point and just be like, guys, can I just play you this mashup with Booker T? Because I don't think you'll be happy with what a... Yeah, listen to it there. Can you dig it? Yeah, I just think you need to know Breaking Point. They may reach their own Breaking Point if they were to find that out, I think. Christian is on a big losing streak, Billy, which means he's on offense for the whole match. That's quite good offense, to be honest, from Christian. He's mean. really good here. Yeah, Christian's mean. They use Rob Van. I love when Rob Van Dam uses his like flexibility and his aerialness to like sell. Like, there's a point where he goes for a rolling thunder, and Christian gets the knees up, and Bob and Rob like literally bounces off like he's landed on a fucking bed of nails. It was great. <laughs> Best light of commentary all night. Jerry Lawler is hyping up the NWO. The end is coming, Jr. Hoo-hoo, I can't wait. And Jr. goes, Yeah. Hogan, Hall, and Nash. Three of the most overbearing assholes this business has ever seen. <laughs> don't don't uh, don't hold back, JR. Say what you see. Say it what you see. It doesn't mince words. Yeah. I um I kept getting distracted by uh there's a sign on the hard camera. Um where it's a, it's a woman holding a sign that just says carry. What, isn't the movie? Well, that's what I'm thinking because I think it's some shady guerrilla marketing for the 2002 TV adaptation of Carrie, starring starring Angela Bettis and written by Brian Fuller that comes out this year. Fuller, you son of a bitch. You, we gave you $2,000 for a guerrilla marketing <laughs> campaign. You can't just spend it all on blow and bring a sign to get yourself front row tickets to wrestling. Come on. We're going to spend all the money sending one lady to Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> The Arkansas film industry thanks you for your contribution. <laughs> Van Damme with some flashy and sore offense. I feel that was something that really held back Rob Van Damme as becoming a top guy. I'm not sure if he was told to do it or it was something that he thought he would do himself. But like Sandman, would you believe, did this as well from ECW where he's like, I do one style of move, so I'm going to sell that it hits me. Like Sandman would throw punches and then spend half the match going, ah, my hand. 
Rob Van Dam does moonsaults, rolling thunders, you know, cross bodies, and then he spends the rest of the match going like he's got serious windy pops or yeah. he's like you know choking for a doink or whatever it is he's doing there he does that so much in the match i think it makes people like vince mcmahon think oh this guy's weak he's sore yeah, he all can't the time. do his own moves yeah because when rob does the five-star flog splash he's like like imagine if Austin hit the stun and he was like Dah, pressure headache <laughs> <laughs> or Undertaker did a tombstone pile driver and he had to get knee injections oh wait no no that was uh, that was with Goldberg wasn't it sorry this is like there. this is like one of the only matches that doesn't have interference in it oh what a finish though but, fucking but, beautiful but I was waiting for interference <laughs> the entire thing I was not well, here's Goldust here's Goldust and then, uh, it doesn't come out but that finish though very oh. much enjoy the finish of this match. So Christian, he's on a losing streak, and because he's on a losing streak, he keeps throwing temper tantrums after the match when he loses, but he gets a real near fall. Like He hits a reverse DDT, you think he's got it, he gets a two count, starts the big like slap in his hands, banging his shoulders. On the floor. It gets over huge. With the, the crowd are like gasping when they see it. They're like, oh my God, the man's literally having a temper tantrum. And JR's like, I get this man a bottle, a grown man with a temper tantrum. Five-star frog splash mid-tantrum as he's yeah. thrashing about. Amazing. Loved it. So amazing. For every time you've been in a shopping center and you've seen a screaming child going, ah! and you think, maybe, just maybe, a child's going to jump off the cooling rail. Yeah. Maybe, just maybe, the child's going to jump off the dairy banister and do a five-star onto them and stop this madness. It happened here in Arkansas. Neato finisher. I yeah. loved it. Very much enjoyed it. And then Gold just appeared in the Titan Tron. He's like, I'm watching movies, Rob. I'm watching movies with Rob Van... I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and he's reminding of you, Rob. See you Sunday. On Sunday, we will watch Bridge to Terabithia. Have you seen Caddyshack, Rob? <laughs> I know it's 2 a.m., but once you get it on, it's over in no time whatsoever. Come on, Rob. Keep her lit with me. <laughs> Have you ever seen Disney's The Black Cauldron? Some people say it's overrated, but I think it's quite good. Some people consider Bedknobs and Broomsticks to actually be a musical, Rob. <laughs> yes, Portobello Road is one of the few tracks, but it's a standout number. <laughs> Backstage, Triple H, who still hasn't opened his big piece of evidence, gets Linda McMahon. Honor, I hate to break it to you, but it's Stephanie. She hired an actor to pretend to be pregnant. Please watch the enclosed videotape 001 into the VHS player. Press play to start. It's weird, though, because Arn, when Arn comes in, he says, Linda is in the building. She's in Ric Flair's office. Shh, don't tell him ringing like you know. But, but then Triple H rings her anyway. She's in the next room. It's like, it's showing you that when you try and do McMahon family drama, and like, I'm not opposed to it. There's so many people who were like, 2000s ruined because of the McMahon family drama. I'm like, you know what? It is overbearing. And if you don't like the McMahons, I get it. Turn off, you know, because you're not going to enjoy it. But they would at least storyboard that shit and say, yeah. right, Vince doesn't like Linda because X, Y, and Z. Linda and Shane, it was meant to be, they always were together. You know, Linda and Stephanie, it's complicated. Stephanie and Shane, it's complicated. But there was always some logic to it. And here you've got Linda on the phone to Triple H 
And why Lyndon would want to help Triple H is anybody's business, seeing yeah. as he once threatened to beat the shit out of her and, you know, has done horrible things to the family. No apology. Is she there to support Stephanie? We don't know. Does she like Stephanie? We don't know. It's, why is it that we're using... You can't go to the McMahon family drama well and be like, ah, yeah, we'll have we'll have Linda here, when none of it makes sense. You yeah. know, you, you can't just go, you all know. We don't. We only know what you've told us. It is only 2002. There are no documentaries. The audio from this video <laughs> tape caught me really really by surprise do you like I, the do you like to read the man did yeah come to saint ives cornwall from thompson holidays i wasn't <laughs> expecting saint ives cornwall to get a shout out on raw about damn time as far as i'm concerned i was hoping that stephanie would like try and work and be like no trip it's not it's not what you think no hunter I've got two tickets to St. Ives Cornwall. <laughs> and the Triple H is like, embraces her. And then later on, he's eating a Cornish pasty. And the guy's like, I hope you enjoy your Cornish pasty. It's smashing. Wait a goddamn minute. Rips it open. Like. <laughs> there's there's only like, it's like there's only one guy who works in St. Ives. And it's this guy, the actor who pretended to be the doctor. He's everybody in St. Ives. Yeah, exactly. He's even Rick Stein. You think that it's him, but it's, not, it's him as well. And I'm not walking St. Ives. I've been to St. Ives. It's a nice place. I've always wanted to go. Cornwall, like, the south, uh, the further south I've been is Bristol, Billy, and I want to go down to Cornwall. I love fish. I love pasties. I love cider. I will have a good time, I'm pretty sure. You'd like St. Ives. You think I'll have a smashing time? I think you would, yeah. All right, you say what, you know, you can implicate St. Ives, because I think St. Ives can take a bit of light bashing from the likes of the WWE, because it's above it. Don't implicate Thompson's holidays. They've been through enough with they this. <laughs> At the end, they're like, Thompson's holidays. If you need to deceive your loved one, like, no, <laughs> no, come on now. But, but, but why Thompson's why St. Ives? I need to know the answer to these these references. Also, you know where Linda was thinking of taking Vince on their vacation this year? Because, you know, how else would she have found it? That's, that's all you got to mm. know, you know, right? Also, can we talk about this fucking Zoom when Triple H realizes it? Because it's yeah. like, it's not very, it's, it's a little bit subtle. He actually only says smashing twice. Mm. And if you hadn't actually paid attention to SmackDown where they had the doctor visit and he said smashing a couple of times there, it's not obvious. So they go with a crash scene, which is like, and they go right up to Triple H, not pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) We cut to Stephanie, who, in case you don't realize she's the villain of the piece, turns around to her plunge, low cut, white, see-through fucking wedding dress from 2002. Continually holding her no-bump stomach. <laughs> Vince McMahon comes in because, Stephanie, it's the main event. All is forgiven. Come yeah. here, baby. He won't forget, but he will forgive. I did like the bit where he does say, I don't think I forgot about you saying that you're going to kill me. And she's like, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> you know that t- you're just trying to turn me on again, Daddy. <laughs> Who tries to save face here? Who had the McMahon's family's interest in his heart? There's one person who tried to stop what happens happening, Billy. It's our boy, The Fink. Fink comes in. It's like, he's trying to stop the Red Wedding. He's like, no, no, you want to Vince, please. He's like, get out. Get the, you're banished. You're you're out of here. But wearing armor under their tuxedos. Not listening to him for one second. 
Triple H gets to have his turn in the spotlight, by which I mean making an entrance in a slightly too big tuxedo to your ring music while sweating profusely. Tess is like, ha, now you know how it feels. <laughs> I kind of hope Stephanie would have come out, like, you know, with the bridal procession with Vince to Queen down where the kings are down, never linkless the crown. I'm Pablo Escobar, I'm doing coke now, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm the first woman in space, a funky mamacita. I'm like Catwoman and Batman, only better. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what, Billy. When Steph does come out with Vince, there was big third wife energy there, wasn't there? Yeah, big time. <laughs> the very proud, pale, grey and bright red man with the much younger, beautiful woman who looks suspiciously like his daughter. <laughs> or the Hogan wife, as we like to call it. Yes, I um, I was worried at this point because we had about 15 minutes left of the episode and I was <laughs> dreading this was going to turn into... A 15-minute Triple H promo. Well, we're going to get slick back out. Marriage! <laughs> yeah, the pandemic's going on somewhere back in fucking Las Vegas. Slick is still doing Daniel Bryan and AJ Lee's <laughs> wedding. He's still saying marriage. He's just gone through AJ's face. This isn't a priest. It's a buddy of mine. <laughs> <laughs> the fans booing and then Vince giving the shut up with his yeah. eyes, but not his voice was very good. We get the wedding singers come out to be It's like the woman from Mortal Kombat Annihilation who goes, Too bad you will die if she sang a love song. When you came into my life, I'd always thought you'd be high. They're they're so off-key with themselves and each other. It's amazing. And then with the dreamy sort of filter that they've put on, it very much feels like Tim and Eric. Oh, it's very, so funny. It's like, we just need here, here she comes put over the top of this. And you come back to Triple H with this, like, you know, that filter, and Triple mm. H is sweating, and his hair is all tied back, and you hear that music. And honestly, it looks like Triple H is anamorphing into Tess. <laughs> it's so fucking pretty. I was also expecting, because I've not seen this episode of Raw before, I was fully expecting a proper, like, cut the fucking music <laughs> from Hunter, and we're going to have this reveal. Triple H like looks like he's about to corpse, which kind of works because it's like he's trying to keep a lid on like he, yeah. he's figured out how stupid this all is. Stephanie, he's doing the like, oh my God, it's so great, isn't it? And like, she keeps looking at him as if to say, isn't me getting the same wedding singers from my previous marriage that you interrupted to reveal yeah. that you date rate me? Isn't it romantic, Triple H? Like, she keeps giving him these big looks, which like, it looks like she's trying to make him laugh. And honestly, it was one of the most humanizing moments for Triple H and Steph ever. It was the first time, and I know they love doing it, and we see it on SmackDown a bit, but it was the first time in a big angle where I saw them kind of going, this is they're stupid. having a load of fun together. Yeah, like, they're, 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 it's they're, they're stupid, safe. it's silly, yeah. and they're having fun. And they're probably going to go and fuck like madmen afterwards. Like. <laughs> Steph's vows are lengthy yes. and, and numerous. That, and very, very generic. And Triple H is like kind of... Well, my vibe's is a little bit like jazz, so kind of here it goes. Uh, you know, uh, mm, uh, you're a no good lying bitch. I hate you. <laughs> you and me, we are through. He's uh, been waiting to say that a long time. Good for him. Yeah. 
This could have only been better, I think, as soon as he said that we had the DX theme playing, you know, <laughs> proper crotch stuff. Steph Reed did look like she was going to have a lot of green goo jumped on her, her and Vince together. It felt yeah. like a big moment for that, for sure. There were some amazing Vince faces during this whole tirade from Triple H. I, like, love how quickly it becomes... Well, obviously, Steph ain't taking bumps. Someone's going to have to take something. And Vince is like, hey, hang on, goddamn a second. I've just reconciled with my daughter, so I'm taking a pedigree here, pal. Come on. <laughs> the worst pedigree ever. <laughs> if he jumps the gun, I've, I think JR covers for it. He said, oh, we tried to get out of it there. Yeah. But I think, like, he tried to pedigree himself before Hunter was ready. It's like, yeah, Triple H has him. And I'll say what, you know, pedigree's a hard move to take in that it's yeah. quite a scary move and there's a lot of trust involved. And yeah, if you don't trust your son-in-law who the fuck will you trust yeah keep that in mind vince when you're picking your next coo he did a thing where he grabbed his arms and he did like the big walk around like he turned him to the four he turned to the hard yeah. camera he went to all four corners basically with vince in the pedigree position i'm not gonna lie them pants that vince were wearing those are some tight fucking pants like that was he didn't have much flexibility on his legs this no. is a man who will blow his quads in a few years this is a dangerous situation so I thought it actually worked pretty well in the end. It made it look like Vince shouldn't have been taking a pedigree yeah. because by rights, he probably shouldn't have been taking a pedigree. I just imagine how brilliant it would be if he got a pedigree so hard it ripped his pants. <laughs> <laughs> like a full like, on tear. Triple H having someone going, and then their pants go, and then they get a pedigree. I mean, that's that's a very DX maneuver yeah, right there. Absolutely. you know. And then you write Vince loves cocks on the screen afterwards. <laughs> Because Triple H has beaten up his father-in-law, he now has to undress in one of the sexiest moments from Triple H's career. He's there beating up his father-in-law on his wedding day and like tearing out of his tuxedo like, yeah, I'm too much of a man. I kind of expected her and Steph to start kissing right now. I just thought it would have been like the biggest heel he'd ever. Yeah. Where he does that and then they're like, come here, baby. Yeah. But no, instead, he pie-faces Steph. Just, just fall on shoving her to the ground. and This is what happens when you have a wedding segment without a cake. There was yes. nowhere for her to go other than to... Like, without a pie, you have to pie-face her, I guess, was their logic. But the, 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 only thing, the only thing that's good about her not getting caked is the face that she does that we end Raw on. Oh, Billy, that fucking face. It's that so, is... I think it's... The best acting I've ever seen from Stephanie McMahon. Unbelievable. It was it was the segment I showed Joe for the Stephanie episode to say she can be a really good performer. I think, honestly, one of my favorite character types in wrestling is always the obnoxious heel who wants to put on this big, over-the-top fucking crazy, you know, production, like a big championship celebration or a big, you know, appreciation night. And it was very good at being very, like, McMahon with being mm -hmm. very much not a Vince thing. This was a very Stephanie thing. Lying to Triple H, all of this deception, ultimately so she could have a nice big wedding day that was all about her, I thought was really funny. And to have the mask slip and then it'd be like, yeah, underneath it, she is this horrible, evil... Yeah. Yeah. Like pure, oh. unadulterated fury on Fucking her face. Amazing. Like honestly, I can't think of a time we've gone to see that from a woman in wrestling. It like never happens. They never no. let women just be like, "I'm really angry and like primarily gonna fuck you up." It's always like they have to be a bit sexy, nasty, or cool, or like unemotional or something like that. This is fucking great. It was really, really good. Yeah, really good. And it kind of felt like they were sitting around the booking table, Billy, and they said. 
ah, look, just go 10 seconds on that match tonight. We got this great wedding bit later on. No one's going to remember the bikini match or any of that other shit that we do. And here I am at the end of Raw thinking, yeah, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so was that Steph's whole plan then? Or is there some other part of this that we, have, we haven't seen? The part of the plan was that she was going to get Triple H back on her side, which means that she would get back into the world of, like, she would like to be back on WWE TV in a position of power like she was yeah. in before because this is her after ECW yeah. so she would get like her money back and you know not have to drive herself around and be basically living the high life Triple H will go on to win the championship at Wrestlemania and it'll just be like old times her and Triple H running wrestling again and instead what they do is that Vince is so perturbed by this it becomes like Vince wants to screw over Triple H and he makes Stephanie the special referee for their match with Kurt Angle where they immediately have Kurt win the title shot and then lose it back immediately. So like, it, it's dumb. It's just it's it's weird that like when when the Hunter revealed the secret, I really didn't expect the reaction we got from Vince as a character. Because what you think Vince as a character would have been like, you fucking Stephanie, how could you do yeah, this? You lied what, again. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. Like you haven't changed. But instead, it was just like, oh, my baby, go back. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, like, getting, like, I, I can understand, like, going to Hunter and going, oh, come on now, that's a bit too far now. I yeah. Can, I can understand that from the perspective of a father. But mm. then, then to, to have to continue the storyline, he's going to side with Stephanie rather than, he doesn't necessarily have to side with Hunter, but mm-hmm. saying, no, I'm, I'm done with this. I, that, that fits more the character, I think. It feels Again, weird that he just jumped onto the side of Stephanie. You're using all your high-profile McMahon family drama players and pieces yeah. here, and it's amazing, considering how self-conscious the McMahons all are in terms of how they come across on TV, that they just be so kind of flippant with their characters like this. You'd think they'd be like Hogan and WCW levels of like oh hang on a second we gotta make sure that works long term for me brother whereas Vince is like happy if he thinks it'll get a pop right then and there and they did get a big pop for this but if Vince thinks he'll get a pop then and there he doesn't give a shit about long term character yeah. stuff at all it's about the pop then and there if it's something he can be convinced that his character would do and his character would do literally fucking anything as at you can see point, in wrestling yeah. so yeah I mean he's gonna do what he's gonna do he got his big pop he took his silly pedigree and Stephanie got her big biggest character moment because it's nice to see Stephanie get one of these moments where she was the central antagonist she wasn't like the sidekick or like someone had been manipulated into doing this or whatever or it was like Triple H's plan ultimately this was Stephanie being an absolute like Machiavellian asshole like her dad and she fucked it up in her own unique way and I love it like this could only happen with Stephanie McMahon and maybe Vicky Guerrero I'm not sure (laughs) when when um when do Hunter and Steph actually get back together then how long by the time that Stephanie is pregnant in 05 thereabouts around the time of 22 for three years they're not on TV together again no I mean they will feud up until after Wrestlemania 18 and Stephanie is gone forever again lol and then Stephanie comes back as the general manager a couple months later but she's a face then so they do keep them apart for a while Stephanie and Triple H together on screen as a character's characters like here is Triple H and Stephanie their husband and wife it wasn't until the authority in like 2012 and 13 that they actually were back together so surprising bit of restraint there but keep in mind You know, we when we review SmackDown and Raw at any point in this time, they're fucking everywhere. There's yeah. no shortage of them. Yeah. Billy, I've had a lot of time reviewing this episode of Raw with you. Yeah, it's been a blast. 
Would you like to review either A, more random Raws that you take the fancy of, or B, more wedding episodes of wrestling? Ooh, Ooh. that's a difficult one. Because Because I'm trying to think wedding-wise, I don't think, like, the NXT one is not that interesting. No, I think we're, we, we may have, like, diminishing returns with weddings, as fun as it may be. I so, mean, maybe, maybe the debut of Eugene. Tell you what, folks at home, if you're listening, hit us up on the socials at a podcast, Attitude Era Podcast on Facebook, Attitude Era Podcast at gmail.com, wherever you want to find us. Let us know your thoughts. If there are any standout episodes, keeping in mind our main man Billy Keeble here is our driving force with Raw. So why don't we think of ones that will help Billy? The debut of Eugene sounds like a very, very promising start. I could also think... I remember that episode vividly. The only other thing I could think, though, Billy, on top of that is perhaps the episode of Raw where Eugene is the guest general manager and he books all them silly matches. Ooh. That's also one that could work. So we have some gold to work with. If you're watching from this period, you think there's anything that will fit a Billy's pick for an episode of Raw, I'd love to do this with you again soon, Billy. No, I because would too as well. This was good for the soul. Good for the heart. It was. What did you think of this episode? As always, let us know in the comments below or from SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or even Spotify. Let us know by leaving a rating or review. And the best way to help out this podcast, as always, tell a friend. And don't forget, loads more audio goodies, video episodes with myself, Adam, and the main man, Billy Keeble over here. If you want to see things like the Smackdown Crawl over 80 hours, the Bibelotech over 30 hours, and nearly 10 hours of video episodes with our bad selves, commentary tracks, Q&As, all that, patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to MatthewsBotchamania.com. It's been a while since I've done this. I've forgotten the tone of usuality. <laughs> That's pretty much the tone of usuality. I'm pretty sure you got <laughs> Is it Is usuality even a word? Who knows? Good, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Billy. And we'll see you next time on the Attitude Era Podcast.